Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. You, my friend, are listening to Come On, Man a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man, just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Cordy Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. All right, guys, welcome back to another awesome week of Come On, Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications because you can't just subscribe anymore. You have to be notified. But that's cool because we have new episodes every Monday. And on Wednesdays and Fridays, I try to cut little clips from these full episodes. This week, we have a really cool guest. Her name is Tammy, but most of you guys know her as the manicured mom from TikTok. Now, she really blew up on TikTok. She did like a 20-part series on why men are walking away from marriage. And now she has like, I don't know, at the time of the recording, 75,000 plus followers. By the time this drops, she's probably going to have like a million because <laughs> that's that's how it, that's how things work these days. Anyways, we talk about all sorts of stuff. We talk about why she got into the men's rights topic. Uh, you know how some of these, you know, MGTOW black pill incel guys call her a chameleon. Why she's hated by feminists. It was a pretty good conversation. We also talk about her boyfriend, Dad Bod. <laughs> and I will bring you that conversation right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You'll never believe what Duke Cannon did. In fact, I thought if I told you guys about it, you might revoke my man card. But then it hit me. This could be awesome for all of us. Duke Cannon has released a new basic ass pumpkin spice latte scented bar of soap. Now hear me out here. This thing is guaranteed to bring all the basic white girls to the yard. Hell, they may even show up wearing nothing but their Ugg boots. To get yours, visit duke.comeonmanpod.com or click the link in the show notes and you'll get free shipping. Using this link tells them I sent you, so you help me out, and you get free shipping in return. So it's win-win. 
That's duke.comeonmanpod.com or use the link in the show notes. It's pumpkin spice season, so use it to your advantage, men. All right, this week we have a woman that is loved by most men in the manosphere and hated by raging feminists. You all probably know her as Manicured Mom, but I know her as Tammy. What's up, Tammy? Hey, Paul. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. So before we get too far into this, I want to make sure Dad Bod is cool with this interview. You know, I got a lot of flack about what happened with Emily King after her episode dropped because a week later, you know, she and her boyfriend broke up and it wasn't my fault, guys. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to need written permission slip from uh, from Dad Bod. I don't know if I can get a written one, but he's pretty on board. He's a pretty laid back man. <laughs> he just Actually, kind of looks at my antics and does absolutely nothing on social media at all. Doesn't yeah. have a Facebook, doesn't have a TikTok, doesn't have an Instagram. Okay. He does talk to read through the comments, but other than that, he's not involved in social media at all and could really care less. Interesting. That See, that's the complete opposite with my uh, my current girlfriend. She, she actually found my... TikToks, like, like maybe, I don't know, a month into dating. She didn't say she did, but there was just like oddly specific things that she was saying uh, when we were together that I was just like, this is just too much of a coincidence, you know? So I actually put out a TikTok. I was like, you ever feel like, you know, the, the people you're dating are like internet stalking you and anyway, like right after that video, she sent me a text message saying, okay, I got to come clean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he knew I TikTok from the beginning, and I was very honest with him. I think by our second or third date that, oh, by the way, I TikTok, and I do TikTok about all of my dating experiences, just so you know. Oh. So he, yeah, so he's been very aware, and when I finally, like, put his photograph, I ask his permission. He's like, I, yeah, sure, I don't care. Yeah. Have a, he didn't no, care I, about it. No interest in it. I purposefully don't put uh, my girlfriend out there. Because mm-hmm. I just don't want like the trolls, you know, talking shit to her, like following her and like, you know, giving her and harassing her. So like I do, I do TikToks with her, but she's always like off camera. Saying yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I can see if she's in the social media space. He isn't. So there's really no concern about that. Got it. Got it. Okay. So your story here. Um, so you're. Your divorce, that, what's interesting is when I went to go do my homework about you, and we talked about this uh, before clicking the record button, uh, your about me section references a husband, but that was written in like 2019. Yes. So it, it, we talked about it offline. So you said that when you were writing that, you were like right in the midst of the divorce we process? We were or? on that, that, that verge of having a lot of issues and a lot of no, there was a point of no return and it wasn't, but probably a month after that, I finally said, I cannot do this anymore. Like I, I can't, I can't, we can't save this. This is, and and it's now becoming harmful to our son because of the amount of fighting and bitterness and anger that even with therapy. And I mean, I've admitted this, he made some big, big, big mistakes in our past but I just did not have the ability to get over it. I couldn't forgive him. So therefore I had to leave because I was holding it against him and becoming a terrible person to him. And it was not fair, but I just could not, I could forgive him, but I couldn't forget it. And I was never going to trust him again. Got it. So you're, you're the one that filed 
I take it. Yeah, I am the one that filed. Okay, so you're but part of that. You're part of that eighty percent. No, <laughs> part of the eighty percent. I mean, uh, it was yeah, it was yeah. I filed. I put the paperwork in, but we had a very very easy divorce. We sat down at our kitchen table. We got a babysitter for our son and we worked out all of the things. I used to have a legal background. So I wrote the entire thing up, sent it to a lawyer. A lawyer put it in legal terms and filed it in the court. And we showed up jointly together and signed it off. It, was a, said, it, it wasn't messy. Like There was no mess whatsoever. Yeah. Most of our friends and family were like, well, that was the easiest thing that's ever happened. And it all came down to, we kind of went into this of the only thing that matters is this little boy that's in the middle of this. He comes first, every decision we make. So it was all about us both ending up financially stable, us both not hating each other by the end of fighting over things. So it was like, if you want this, have it. If I want this, I'll have it. Like we didn't really have any sticking points. I mean, I had one sticking point and it was like, don't take my Jeep from me because I had (laughs) finished like partially building it. I was like, don't take that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, cause I, I think, you know, for the most part, my, my marriage was, or my divorce, I should say rather it was, uh, I think smoother than most, you know, that like the only thing we really fought about was like alimony and, you know, cause I was like, you have a master's degree that I paid for. Like, why can't you get a job? You know, like I just, <laughs> just yeah. really stuck in my craw that, uh, you know, oh, you want to be free, but you want me to still pay for your lifestyle for the next five years. Like that, that was a, that was upsetting, but otherwise, you know, I mean, I got 50, 50 with my kids. Um, And honestly, like, you know, we were married for 14 years and the last half was just miserable. You know, like I'd much rather sleep on the couch than, you know, sleep in the same room with her. And so when she actually filed for divorce, I was more worried about like what's going to happen with the kids than anything. Otherwise it was like a huge weight lifted off my chest. I felt very much the same way. Mm -hmm. I I know that he did not. And I do honestly know that he would have tried to save it, but because of some of the things that occurred, I just was not going to trust him. And still to this day, I trust him with my son because he's a great father. Mm -hmm. I do not trust him with myself as far as I can throw him. And I don't think I ever will be able to be able to throw him. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you lift, well, no, I definitely can't throw him, but I don't think I fully, like I would never trust him with my heart. I would never let (laughs) you're kind of done on that. (laughs) No. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. So, uh, over the, over the years, I mean, I've been, divorce since 2014. So I've, I've been, I've had a lot of time to like totally get over that relationship and stuff. But, uh, in hindsight, like knowing all the stuff I know now, knowing a lot of the stuff that you talk about, um, TikTok, if you look back at like when you met, I don't know, how, how old were you when you guys got married? We were 35, 30, oh. yeah, or 35. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were about- married for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I got married young. I got, I was, uh, I was 20 when I got married. Okay. Uh, and, but now like knowing what I know now, knowing the kind of person she was like knowing how to spot like red flags and stuff like that. Cause like, I think most guys have no clue how to spot red flags. I think mm-hmm. most guys just immediately get smitten 
And then they settle down with like the first girl that is nice to them and they have no standards. And <laughs> now that I like, I know all the stuff I know, I'm like, geez, I don't think I would have dated her more than a couple months. I don't think, you know. Um, I can agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was always a lead with my heart and not my head type of gal. Um, and now that I've gotten older and a little wiser, I lead with my head and keep my heart out of it for quite a while, mm -hmm. which kind of keeps me on the back burner with people for a little bit because I don't know where I stand. But it's like, I fully want to vet you as a person. And I cannot do that if I let my love goggles get involved. I would just I, go and ignore every red flag. And I still think at my age, I would do that. I think everybody I should do that. I don't care how old you are. You could be 80 years old. You need to vet people. There, there's a TikTok. I, I can't remember his name. I, I see him all the time. He's always like shirtless and grilling and whatever. I don't know. But he's always, he, he, he makes a really good point. The other day he said, you know, like if you're say 30, 35, right. And you know, the person you're dating is roughly the same age. He's like, if you've been dating for six months, he's like, you've only known them for like 0.01% of your entire life. Like you don't mm -hmm. know them. You yeah. don't know who they are. And it takes a while to, you know, see the true colors of people. You know, they, they say uh, in some of these books that I read, they talk about like a honeymoon phase of like six months to a year before people start showing their true colors. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. I, I know. And I said to my, I, I said to my friend, I'm like, you have to understand that every relationship you could, could potentially go in, could potentially waste a year. It and I'm like, could. The minor, if you see red flags in the first three months, just run then. Just, just get out because those red flags are just going to get larger if you're already seeing them in that first three months because that six months is honeymoon phase. And if you're already bicker, bickering and arguing at that point, your whole life is going to be that. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people, they just get those like love goggles. And a lot of women, I should say, I mean, and this isn't a bad thing to women. Uh, got to got to put that stipulation out there. But a lot of women see that that kind of stuff in men, and they're like, "I could fix that. I could I could work with this," you know. And like they want to like a do it yourself project. And it's like guys aren't do it yourself projects. You know, this isn't uh, this old house. It <laughs> like a stray dog, though. You just want to help them. Like yeah. I definitely have been a project girl in my life. I definitely picked the, the uh, guy that needed a little, little work. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, Oh, everything about him sweet, except for these five things, but I can help him through those. I can do that for him. Never work. Never. It's, never. it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, uh, you know, my dad, my dad, bless his heart. Yeah. I talk, I talk about him a lot on the podcast. Uh, you know, he, he's a, your classic blue pill type guy, you know, like mm -hmm. he, he, uh, you know, he doesn't know any better. He sort of lets, you know, let my mom walk all over him, you know, he's <laughs> stuff like that. And, uh, he, he would always tell my brother and I, he's like, look, you guys need to develop a bad habit, like start smoking or something. Cause like women want to change you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible advice. That's terrible advice. Don't do that. But it's true. There's so many women that just want to, fix men. And it's like, mm, ladies, stop, stop doing that. Yeah. And for me, the hardest part is that I knew all of everything that I know now, I knew when I did it and I would give my friends all the fabulous advice and I never took my own. 
ever took my own. Hence yeah. why it took me 35 to get married because I had a lot of projects along the way. Yeah. It never, never quite worked out. Were you, uh, were you more focused on your career or would you have settled down earlier? You just never found the right guy. So honestly, until I was in my thirties, I was on the, I don't know if I ever want to get married. I don't know if I even want to have kids. Mm. And honestly, when I met my ex-husband, I was still not sure I wanted to get married. And then when we got married, I was still, or when he proposed, I was still on the, I don't know if I want kids. And it was kind of like, a, okay, you have to make this decision because I'm not marrying you unless you want to have children. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's interesting because a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that, uh, you know, I follow or, you know, that I talk with and stuff like that, you know, they talk about uh, like, you know, hypergamy and, and women, uh, you know, their, their biological clocks ticking and, you know, they get into the thirties and they're like, oh, geez, I haven't been married yet. And now they're rushing to get married. And there are a lot of women like that. I mean, let's be honest, there absolutely are. but it doesn't sound like that was you. It sounds like he was sort of pushing you in that direction. You were like, I'm cool. Like I can. Yeah. I mean, we were dating two years. He proposed and he wanted to be married. He wanted to get married within a year. I mean, I definitely wasn't pushing it, but I wasn't running from it either. Okay. But he, so he, he was pushing for it. Yeah. I mean, I got proposed to, um, honestly, he proposed to me on stage at a Zach Brown show. Um, I was double fisting beers, (laughs) cheering to the crowd, (laughs) completely like taken by a surprise. Absolutely, positively taken by surprise. Uh, Not ex- Zach Brown. You said it was coming. Oh, okay. You said is Zach is Zach Brown? Yeah. Okay. They oh, used to be a bar band that we hang out with back in the day when they were like a bar band, and oh. we got he proposed to be on stage at like uh, like at the Windjammer in South Carolina, a little tiny bar. Uh, hmm. Back before Zach Brown, I think it was when they first released Chicken Fried as a single. Okay all at the time. I saw them in concert here uh, close to my house. It's like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't go to a lot of music concerts, but I, I went to see them. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I love them. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Your about me section also talks about your son. And if I'm doing the math right, he's about what, eight now? Is that right? He's eight. Okay. And it's just, just, just your son that you have. Yeah. Just one. Okay. How's the, how's the divorce been on him? You know, honestly, uh, it was good. We have really good support. My son has some um, ADHD and some developmental issues. So we had, I mean, I had his uh, psychiatrist or psychologist on the phone, like exactly how do we talk to him about this? How do we handle this? And in the beginning, although we did 50-50 custody, um, we just put all of our stuff aside and it was like, if he was at dad's house and he missed mom, I was in the car and sleeping in dad's sleeping in the bed with him at dad's house. Cause I wasn't picking him up at 11 o'clock and moving him houses. If he got sick and needed daddy, then daddy was coming over and sleeping in his bed upstairs with him. Mm-hmm. So as much as he got two different houses, instead of him feeling like it was this bad thing, we really sold it on, but you get two sets of toys and you get to this and you get to this and you get two vacations. And we made sure to do all of those things right after we were divorced. Like he was used to a beach vacation. So we each did one separately with them and we kind of kept up all those things. But then again, then on the other side, we never missed any of that stuff with each other. Like we stand beside each other and sit beside each other at every football game, every school event, 
It doesn't matter if we can't stand each other that day. We just put it aside and do what's best for him. Now, you know, two and a half years later, we have a phenomenal relationship. Like I give him dating advice. I give him advice on his dating profile. Um, we have a great relationship and we joke around and I mean, he's met dad bod and yeah. we have a really good relationship and we co-parent well together. That's uh, well, that's nice. I, my ex-wife and I work pretty cordial, like in person and stuff like that. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, she can go piss up a rope. <laughs> I would not be giving, well, she's, she's remarried now and stuff like that, but I would not be like, Hey, how's the old dating scene going because i don't give a shit like i <laughs> as soon as the kids are turned 18 i'll be i'm i'm gonna be happy to never have to talk to her again I, yeah I that's never gonna happen but yeah i mean at the end of the day we had we had a rough go during our marriage but we've somehow managed to put it aside and also when you have a child that has a little bit of extra because he's got executive functioning issues and he's severely adhd it takes a lot because he has sensory overloads and meltdowns. And sometimes both parents have to be on deck to get you through it. Sure. So you really do have to put everything aside for the interest of your child in, that, in those cases. So it takes like really putting everything aside. I mean, when we first divorced, we put, we did 90% of our communication in a parenting app and we were not allowed to discuss anything other than our child. No, what are you doing? No, absolutely nothing for the probably about the first six to nine months until one day, I think I saw him at the store mm -hmm. and asked him how he'd been. And it was like the first real conversation. But I think it allowed both of us to put all that aside. But in the meantime, both of us were also going to pretty significant therapy because I divorced, I filed for divorce from my husband less than 60 days after my father died of cancer. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And I had lost a friend's son to suicide in the middle of that. Oh my so God. So I had quite the like yeah. trauma yeah. going on. Quite the drama stew going. That's that's yes. rough. I, I, I'm sorry for your loss on those. Therapy, I, I will advocate for it every day. It is, it, it is an amazing thing. I mean, right now I don't need it in my life, but I just go because I feel like it makes me a better person. Yeah. It holds me my own bullshit. I like it. I like it. That's why I have a good group of uh, like male friends. That's what I, I, I typically advocate for, for men. I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell men like, look, you know, men, men sometimes feel like they have to keep everything bottled up. And, uh, and I say, look, you know, have a good solid group of, of guy friends that you can talk to or go, or go, or go get a therapist, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. So, so you're seeing dad bod now. I love that name, Dad Bod. Um, how long have you been seeing Mr. Bod? February. So a little oh. bit over six. Yeah. Nice. How did you guys meet? On match.com. Get out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Online date. So how what what was his opener? There wasn't one. There was nothing like I mean, he just was like, hey, how are you? And ah, come on. Yeah, he didn't give he didn't give a lot, but yeah. uh, I broke my cell phone in my introduction to match. Um, I put my profile up and didn't log in and logged back in. And I had like 175 messages. I threw my phone across the room. I was like, what? Uh, but I had gotten so much cheesy and so much just blah on there 
that when this guy came along that had normal looking photographs, had just a few things that we had in common to say, and just said hi with no weird question, no weird, awkward question or no pickup line. I just responded back. How are you? Yeah. And he continued the conversation. And then we found out we had a few things in common and he took it offline and I was not quite communicating because I had, uh, right as I was meeting him, I had been with the same company at the same job for 13 years and up and just decided I was done with corporate USA and walked away. Mm -hmm. So I (laughs) texted me to see how I was and I'm like, I quit my job today. So I'm unemployed and a single mom. So this is great. <laughs> so I was like, I, but he could text me like a week later. I'm like, are you okay? Do you want to go to dinner? I'm like, or do you want to go grab a drink? I'm like, yeah. sure. And the rest is history. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Much. Interesting. It took yeah. me to finally decide that to pull my profile off of match though. How, how long? 10 dates and two months, 10 dates and a little bit over two months. Okay. Did you, uh, did you buy, did you go on other dates and stuff like in, at least in the beginning? I didn't. And it really was not a not wanting to, and I'm usually a person that was, it was like, I had been on like one, like a first or second date with a couple people. And like, every time they called me, the scheduling was weird. And then I was talking to some guy on match still. And he said something that just crossed a line with me. Um, that was very, uh, racial. And Whoa. so I, how to cut him out. And then I wasn't avidly seeking anybody else. Cause I was like, wow, this guy really seems like a solid guy. Mm-hmm. And he canceled our, I think it was our second or our third date, which was super impressive to me. He was going to dinner with his daughters um, and his ex-wife got sick and he had to take his girls at the last minute. And I was like, that is super cool that you stand up with another parent and do that. And that was, I mean, so it was kind of like, I don't really know if I want to search around. I think I want to kind of delve in and get to know this guy a little bit. Okay. What is the, just the cheesiest line that you saw when you, in your time in online dating that you can remember? Oh gosh. So there was this guy, um, and he had his username as someone special. And <laughs> pretty full of himself, huh? Someone special, I think, I think 47. Um, and then he sent me a message and he was like, hey, gorgeous, I know your daddy told you you would meet someone special someday. Well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like, does he not realize that we're smart enough to know that he has sent that to 453 other women? Like it is copy and paste, copy right. and paste, copy and paste. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing too. It's like, um, you know, like, yeah, women, women definitely see that, that the whole copy and paste thing, or that's just completely unoriginal or, you know, the, the generic, Hey, beautiful stuff. Just, it becomes noise because women are so inundated typically on these dating apps that you have to do something to stand out. and. Yeah. You either have to do something or you have to do nothing. I mean, from, from the standpoint of a lot of my friends, we will respond to the guy that asks, that comes in and asks questions very specific to our profile yeah. or the guy that just sends the general like, hey, I hope you're having a great day. Would like to talk, to, would like to get to know you. Like the very just basic, non-assuming message. Yeah, my, uh, so- so like on dating apps specifically, I usually tell guys uh, a, a good way to open 
is to find like a picture of, you know, and then try to guess what she's thinking in that moment, because then it, 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 you have to tailor it to her and her profile. And it's something that she probably doesn't see every day. And that, that works like really well for me. And then going to what you're saying about being unassuming and just, you know, giving some value, maybe Um, Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a friend, uh, his name is Benny Lichtenwalder. He's a dating coach out of Georgia and he teaches guys how to pick up women on Facebook and it's genius, but that's the way he does it. He, he basically has you add a bunch of, you know, women as friends and then, you know, it, it becomes sort of like a sales funnel, which comes across as creepy, but <laughs> this is, I mean, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. And he, uh, he'll, he'll have you like be friends with them for like a week or something and then send them a, a video message because mm-hmm. most guys won't do that. It's kind of a bold yeah. move, but you don't say anything like assuming like, Hey, you know, I thought you're cute. Let's go out sometime. You just say, Hey, I'm your random Facebook friend. Saw you in my feed. Thought I'd say hello. I hope you're having a good day. And that's it. And then he says, like, out of that, you like, you might send that to like 10 different women, but like, you know, four of them will reply to that. And it's just like you sort of whittle it down. And, and I'm shocked that that works, but I guess it does because I yeah. won't accept a Facebook friend that I don't know. Sure. Because I assume you're going to tell me that you're some Arabian prince that wants to, you know, send me millions of dollars. Yeah. And I'm but- the same way. And that's what, like, when, uh, you know, we're good friends about this. I was like, I don't think that worked for me. Cause I work like my day job is I work in network security. I'm like, I can't just have random people in my profile, like discovering little tidbits about my life that they could use to potentially like hack into the networks that I'm protecting. Like yeah. I <laughs> it's insane to me. He goes, well, he goes, well then build a separate profile just for dating. I'm like, that's, that's uh, a bit much. I don't know if I want to. That's, that. that, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I, I feel like all of the streams are a lot of work, even when you get onto TikTok, like, are you going to start a YouTube? You should probably get your Instagram up and running. You should, um, oh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You know, the only reason why I'm even on Instagram is because I keep getting these like weekly bans on TikTok. And mm-hmm. in my, my original TikTok account, I had like 30,000 followers. I got banned in June. And so I'm like rebuilding all this. And uh, this, the whole last month, every week I was getting put in these bands. So I'm like, you know, I've really got to spread this out and tell people like, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram because I might get banned someday and I need to get that, keep that following. Yeah. That's the reason why I'm like expanding. I mean, I've always had an Instagram. I've just never really done much with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the only reason why I'm really going outside because I have a feeling at some point these haters are going to shut me down, but I don't get the hate that you guys get which is nice. Right. And I yeah. Think it's a very fine line. Um, because I mean, I am a woman and I advocate for women and I want like, I want help. I want women to date healthy and I want to talk to men about dating healthy. And the biggest thing that for me with healthy dating, once you get past 30 and you're through those eras of divorce is healing. Um, so I think because I pepper that in, I think it keeps that off of me. Like if I get, a whole bunch, like uh, if I get a whole bunch of hate where I've blocked a whole bunch of people recently, then I make sure to go back and, and, and talk about that stuff that truly I do love to talk about. Um, because it, I think it keeps that kind of happy medium with everybody. 
But I also believe that the, the men's rights side of this is, is in the men's advocacy is stuff that women need to hear. Mm-hmm. So you have to give content that is also focused to women to get them to listen. And I mean, from my standpoint, I saw someone in the beginning of me posting some men's advocacy that was adamantly against this. And she is in cheering on guys in my comment section all the time now. Mm. And has, yeah. and is some stuff of her own and like, kind of like, and she sent me a message, like I had no idea and I have two sons and mm. this is concerning for me. And, you know, and she sent me some messages about her son and I'm like, yeah, gotta look at it. You yeah, really it's, have to- it's legit. Now see, like the funny thing is about like my channel, right? Like, um, my old channel, my original channel, I think I can see where I can see where I crossed the line a couple of times. You know, it's really easy to put people on blast. And, and a lot of the times you, you know, you call people out and uh, that will get a crap load of views. And it's like controversy creates clicks. And so it's like, OK, I can see where I went wrong there. So this this time, um, this go around, I've tried to be a little more diplomatic. But at the same time, like my big thing is I found that I can't even stitch anymore. And it's not because people are reporting me. It's because the algorithm like has me, has me on a list. And as soon as I, I, uh, and it's specific with that feature of stitch, it immediately goes into a review phase. And if there's anything questionable about the original video, I'm the one that gets put in TikTok jail for it. And, and, uh, and the original video gets stay up. So now like you noticed the other day, I, like I, I, I stitched one of your videos, but it, mm-hmm. I, I tagged you in it, but I didn't actually do the stitch feature because yep. that's how I have to get around it these days. It's absurd. But, uh, but still, like occasionally I'll put out a video and it's hard to like get a, a whole entire point across in one minute. And, and so you're trying to keep these like videos to a minute or less because the three minute videos don't do as well. And you'll get like someone that's just having a bad day or, you know, whatever. And they see that one video and now like you're on their shit list and they don't see all the other good stuff you put out. Cause I mm-hmm. put out, I, I put out lots of like relationship, like this men, you need to step up. This is how you are a better man for your woman. And I get a lot of women that like that content, yeah. but they, but the, these people that hate me, like don't see that stuff. They only see the, you know, the one side feed them. I mean, it's all about drama. <laughs> it's crazy. Them, I mean, they keep people more, more people coming back because they're angry than I think because they're happy because people are just wanting to be mad in life and bitter. Misery does love company. <laughs> well, and I also think that bitter people are more lonely and more lonely people spend more time at home and they don't necessarily, yeah. And they don't necessarily want to see the happy bubbly content all the time. They want to be in the drama because they're bitter. And so it makes them feel better to take their bitterness out on somebody else. But I truly do believe that, that the numbers are higher in people that are a little bitter and a little lonely because they're home by themselves. They're not out with friends. They're not enjoying dates. They're not doing other activities in their lives. They're home on their couch with nothing to do but watch TV. Yep. And depending on where in the country, I mean, there are still places that are shut down. So True. Yeah, very true. Um, going back to dad bod, Mr. Dad bod, that's Mr. Dad bod. Um, what's the most fun date so far that you've been on with him? Oh, wow. Well, so we don't actually do a ton of dates. We are both very low key people and we both love the water. So, uh, 
most of our, our days together. So he is, um, early retired in his early forties. Um, and I had decided to take off nine months from work and just spend some extra time with my kid throughout the summer. So we spend most of our days, we get up, we eat some breakfast, we get drinks and we sit in the pool all day. And I mean, that's kind of our thing. We just chill in the pool and listen to music and chat and laugh and make jokes and watch TikToks. And okay. Yeah. I mean, we had a blast at the beach but we're both very, I am extremely high strung and he is extremely laid back. And that is a very good yin yang yang because mm-hmm. he brings my insanity way, 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 way down, <laughs> which is necessary to me for me. Okay. Yeah, I don't need somebody to egg me on. Okay. That's good. Yeah. The reason why I ask is funny because um, I used to be like that. You know, I used to be like, you know, I could just hang out all day, watch, watch a, uh, you know, Netflix on the couch and just, you know, curl up on the couch. And that was like my idea of heaven, you know? And, uh, but I, I starting to study this stuff and learning about, uh, you know, like these reading these dating books and stuff like that. Like a lot of the times they talk about like, you need to, in order to keep the relationship going well, you need to date your woman, you know, you need to take her out every once in a while and, and stuff like that. So I, I like to plan dates, uh, with my girlfriend, yeah, I, but I feel like she doesn't need that. Like she, she's totally cool, just like coming over, you know, watching TV and and, and cooking and having dinner here. And I'm always like, let's go do something. <laughs> so. Yeah, now we do. We go out to dinner. Like we just spent four days at the beach together. We mm-hmm. go walking together. We go hiking together. We go yeah. do things together. But I mean, the funnest time we have is just like that chill time where it's just like there's no timetable set and there's nothing that we have to there's nowhere we have to be it's just we can get out of the pool whenever we want and whenever we decide we want food we can either walk into the kitchen and cook something or we can uh you know chill out and order doordash i like that yeah that's good uh career so your about me section said that you were a graphic designer do you still do that stuff or do you do something completely different now yeah, that was written prior. Um, I my last job is I was a creative manager. Okay. Uh, so I managed the marketing department for an automotive repair products company. Mm. Uh, I managed all of the graphics, everything from video to audio to social media for a ninety million dollar brand. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Is that why you're like so good at social media and stuff? Is because you had dabbled a little bit in that? I mean, I well, so. My technical title at my job was graphic designer, but we were an employee-owned company. So you were you did whatever needed to be done. So my job included project management. It included video. It included social media. It included all of that, which eventually we got bought out by one of the big, huge companies, which then it was like, all right, her she's actually doing this job, not this job. We need to change her title and get her right on the books. But okay. it was never necessity because I knew what my job was. I was a creative manager. And so I never felt physically change it. But when I went to write my blog, I was like, that feels weird to put graphic designer because I do that about like 2% of my day. Okay. Yeah. So, so how long did you do that? Oh gosh, I had been in, 
graphic design. I mean, I've been with that company for 13 years, but I had been in graphic design pretty much my whole career. Um, except for in my 20s, I was I did legal document support. So I basically assisted lawyers getting ready for trial. Yeah, um, yeah, you mentioned that you had a little bit of a background in legal. So that's you did that in your 20s. Yeah, I did that from when I graduated from college until I was like 29. Okay. Did you, I mean, did you, like, were you like a paralegal? Did you have to go to school for that? No, so I was a legal document company and we did everything from helping them prepare the documents that were taken to court, transferring documents to other people. But then when it came time to the trial, it was like kind of looking back from a graphic standpoint, like you've got 17 exhibits and you can only walk into court with three, like giving them that you know what, let's combine this and this and do this from a graphic standpoint of what's going to give the biggest impact in that trial that they can win that for the family of the girl that was murdered, the the big company that's trying to sue another company for patent infringement because we supported every type of law. Okay. So what, how did you go from doing legal stuff to graphic design stuff? (laughs) That's an interesting transition. Yeah. So in the legal, I did the graphic part of it. Okay. I, I And it was also very document and printing based. And I've always been more on the, the, the marketing side. I mean, my college degree, I have a degree in marketing. Um, what is it? Marketing, economics, and finance with a minor in graphic design. Mm. Wanted to go to school, art school. My parents said you need to go if you're getting a full ride to college. You need to go to business school. So, uh, so you minored in in the art stuff. Yes. Okay. Where where did you go to college? Drexel University. Okay. Philadelphia. Very cool. All right. Do you is that where you live now? Like, uh, oh, I live in South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, that's right. I think you said that to me. How does one go from Philly to South Carolina? The silliest reason ever. My best friend, who is still my best friend to this day, we went to preschool together. We made a pact when we were six years old that we would raise our kids together someday. She was already married. I was not. She said, my husband and I are trying to get pregnant. We have a deal, girl. You have to come. And I did. (laughs) That's pretty hard. That's pretty hardcore. All right. So, So being from Philly, uh, are you like, are you a yingling girl? You like, you like yingling? Yes. I went through withdrawal when I moved to the South. I moved here in 2001 and yingling had not gone like across the country and you couldn't get here. And I went into a bar and realized I couldn't get it. And the next weekend I drove to Philadelphia and came back with case upon case, like a car load full. It's so funny. I, it, uh, so I have a, I was in the Navy and one of my chiefs in the Navy was like, he was from Philadelphia and he would, he's just, he still to this day, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He, he won't shut up about Yingling and how great it is. And one time we were, we were in the Persian Gulf and we were stuck underway for like, I don't know, 50 days or something. This was right when the USS Cole got bombed. And mm-hmm. so we weren't allowed to go back in port because of like the terrorist threat. And so we ended up getting a beer day. Like they've actually fly on, uh, pallets of beer and each person gets rationed two beers. And so he put in the uh, word with like the supply chief and was like, Hey, get us some yingling. And so we had a pallet of yingling flown on and I'd never heard of it when I was that age. I was like, what, 20 something. I don't know. You could drink over it, you know, at it, over 18 anywhere yeah. besides the U S pretty much. 
And uh, so I had like a Budweiser or something. So I never actually tried it. And then until uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to a men's retreat with some of my 3% uh, men brothers in Georgia. And uh, they, they went for a beer run. I was like, hey, is there yingling here? Like is yingling available? Because it's not available out in Colorado where I'm at. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, they sell it here. So I was like, get, get some. So they, so I finally, after all this time, 42 years old, finally got to try some yingling. <laughs> it's okay now that I'm older. Right. Like I drank it and I was like, this basically tastes like a shitty domestic beer. Like what? <laughs> it's not that yeah. special. Yeah. It's a lot of I, hype. About a month or two ago in a bar one night and was like, oh, wow, this is not nearly as good as I thought it was. Right. Yeah. There's like with all the microbrews these days, like it, it, you know, all the different like ales and reds and browns and pale ales and stuff like that. It's like, there's no comparison. (laughs) And I'm basic. I am a, like a white claw girl. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I got a keystone right here. It's like, I, like, I'm okay with shitty domestic beer, but still it's like, I, I wouldn't sit there and like, write all about this shit on Facebook, like how great it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, I'm a seltzer tequila and of all things, I Jägermeister. Okay. Jäger. <laughs> Party girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So let me ask you this then. Um, where did the manicured mom thing come from then? So like, I, I assumed with that name, like you were like a cosmetologist or something. And then I'm reading this. I'm like, no, no. She- so, uh, as silly as it is, um, uh, Color Street is like a press on, they're like sticker, stickers made of real nail polish and they stick on your nails. Okay. I sell those on the side as a little side business because, okay. you know, single mom, extra money. Yeah. Um, and I really started selling them because I loved them and my dad was dying of cancer and I needed something fun to focus on in my life that would keep me, that would keep my brain occupied at night when I couldn't sleep because I was 10 hours from home. And every time I got like this, like weird feeling, I was getting my car in the middle, like wanting to get in my car in the middle of the night. I needed a hobby. So it started there. And okay. then as my ex-husband and I were having issues, I started writing And my therapist mentioned that maybe I should publish it. And my ex-husband said, I should publish it. And I said, you know that if we go south, the good, the bad, and the the ugly get posted. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm going to share, I'm going to share everything. Like, it's all or nothing. That's who I am. Right. So I kind of kept it through the nail business to that. And then when I got a TikTok, it was like, well, I kind of already have this going. I might as well just TikTok for that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like, can we see him? Let's see the paint job. So... (laughs) Ooh, that's sparkly. All the men yeah. that watch this is, are they're going to be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about TikToks now. You, you're, I mean, a majority of your channel is basically on men's right advocacy now. Like, what made you get into that niche? So, I mean, it's always been there in the back of my mind, and I've always... I've watched so many of my girlfriends go through divorces and I've, uh, and I've lost friends over the, why are you running him through the mother? Why are you trying to take his kids? And on the other side, I've always been much more of a guy's girl than a girl's girl. I have a lot more buddies in my life than I have female friends. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I've also watched 
some of my buddies just be annihilated. And then, and I hadn't really thought to talk a lot about it. And when I made a post on TikTok about dad bod stepping up and it was kind of as COVID was ending and bars were first starting to open up, me and all my girlfriends went out. Uh, They shut down cab services. We were all like 45 minutes from home. Mm. And they were able to get a cab because they were close. I, I was not. But at the time, we didn't know. We had no one to call because we were all together. I called him and he was going to be willing to drive 40 minutes from his house to pick me up, drive my girlfriends all over, which would have been about a two and a half hour round trip to get him back because we were in all different sides of the city. They ended up getting cabs or getting Ubers as he was pulling into the thing. And I posted a TikTok that that was like the this is a really good man and I better get my ass off these dating apps. And there was such an outpouring from men that when I talked about like, and they were, they were cheering him on like, Holy crap, the good guy finally won. We never see the good guy win. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing that I was, there were a lot of them also like telling stories of what they'd been through and heartache and heartbreak and, at the same time, I was watching a couple of my buddies go through their like nasty divorces and finalized and heartbroken. And it just kind of was like this just it just kind of was like I mentioned something one day and then I mentioned something. And then the more and more I actually started looking at the stats on a national basis, I was like, this is not just a one or two guy thing. This is a huge problem. Like this is a huge bias and an injustice. And. And then as I kind of started familiarizing myself with the MGTOW guys, which I agree, there are some crazy extremists that just hate women. But then there are the other ones that are really just doing it for the benefit of saving young men from the heartache that they've gone through to teach them not to divorce. It's kind of like, wait, but what about all of my friends, sweet little daughters? Like Mm -hmm. if, and as I was thinking all of this, I'm watching the male creators that are getting shut down one right after another by these feminist groups. And I've always been very much on the, look, if you want equality, that's great, but don't expect them to pay for your dinner. Like I hate my female friends that are like, he can't do that in the workplace, but buy me dinner. No, cop it up, like pay your way in life. Don't complain about it. Like don't come away from a date and be, think he's cheap because he asked you to buy the drinks after he bought you dinner earlier. Like- Yeah, my friend, uh, you might you may have heard of him. Uh, he's been completely deplatformed from TikTok, and he's he's been deplatformed so many times that like his phone, like his SIM card is banned from TikTok. So like he can't <laughs> even create new accounts. Uh, he goes by Black Spider Guy advice. He dresses yeah. like Black Spider Man. Uh, he talks about that a lot. Like he talks about uh, the modern women. They want traditional men but they themselves don't want to be traditional. Like they feel like they're owed something, you know, it's, and- the, it's the me too movement of feminism. I mean, that's feminine feminism. That's exactly what it is because the core of feminism is great. I mean, they fought for equality. They fought for PTSD support. They, it was, it was about equality for all. They were bettering men's issues as well as bringing women into the workforce and the playing field. But then all of a sudden it became the we're going to rule the world me too movement of today's radical feminists. That's like we want it all, but we still have these expectations on men. Yeah. We also want to be above and we don't care what we take from men. It was before it was like 
we're going to fight for some court change because women didn't have the right to work. And then a husband would decide he wanted to divorce and she would be left high and dry having ever worked her entire life and basically be on welfare. Right. Um, but it's gone way too far. Right. Yeah. Like, like I look at uh, like alimony laws and stuff like that. Like those were designed for situations like that when women couldn't work, they didn't work. They had no other resource unless they had some kind of man to take care of them. That made sense then. It sort of makes, makes sense then. But now with, with all this equality being thrown around, you know, like everywhere you turn it's equality, right? Like they, they, they should be able to work now. <laughs> right. You wanted this. I mean, and most of my friends yeah. have worked full-time jobs. I mean, went right back, just like me. I mean, I had my child and went back to work at 12 weeks mm-hmm. and I worked full-time and I had just as successful of, of a career as my husband, but I could have gotten alimony because I made a little less than him. He took a different career path. path. It had nothing to do with whether or not we worked hard. He made more money and we signed an agreement up front as exactly what we wanted. Mm-hmm. The day we showed up at the courthouse, my lawyer pulls me aside and I had the lawyer because it has to be assigned to one person. He was going in without a lawyer. Lawyer pulls me aside and says, the judge wants you to take, I think it was like $1,285 a month in alimony. And he wants you to take $975 a month in child support. Our agreement had none of that in it. The judge wanted that. Yes. The judge said that that's what was due to me. That's amazing to me. Like in, in so we had me. In front of him. Yeah. But we had signed notarized agreement. And by the time we made it to court, we had already transferred the house out of his name. And I had, you know, written him a check for it, like exchanged all of our assets, like put cars in the right places. Like every, the only thing that wasn't done was the transfer of my retirement, part of my retirement to him. And that was honestly because we needed the finalized divorce to get the paperwork to do that without a tax, you know, without paying taxes on it. That's amazing to me. It, in the state of Colorado, it's done by a formula. So yeah. it's like whoever makes the most money needs to pay the other person based on a formula. And the only way out of it is if the, the person that is getting paid waives it. And that's yeah. the only way. Like if that person's like, oh, you, I'm owed this. And then they decide they want it. Yeah. You, have, you don't have a leg to stand on. You, you, I could have done that that day to him. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And, and the lawyer's like, the, the judge really wants me to talk to you about this because, and I'm like, I, I don't need it. Like yeah. I make decent money. And um, I mean, I own a huge home and I have multiple vehicles. Like I'm going to be okay. Like it's okay. I don't need his money. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and the other side is, is I also did not, not ever want the, story coming back to me that the reason he was struggling in life is because I took him to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to ever be able to blame me for bad decisions he may make in the future, that it was all my fault financially. I didn't want that on my back. I wanted that yeah. clean plate. So we ended up with a minor amount of child support, which the, the judge was not going to lean on because he's like, wait, you're, he's claiming him on the taxes and you're paying daycare. Mm-hmm. So it's actually costing you more money to have your child every year. And that's not fair. Regardless of your income difference, that's not fair. So we're going to give you this $300 a month that cuts that differential cost there of what you pay for after school and summer care and what he gets back on taxes. Uh, and I'm but like, you, I, but you, you didn't I don't, like, that's fine. 
because he was going to write me a check every month anyways for after school care okay. and half of the fund. Like we had just said we would do that on the side. It's just yeah. that it's now in paperwork and he's obligated to do it until we change it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Um, why do you think you get uh, so much hate from women? Because every once in a while, I'll see TikToks where you're replying to comments and it's a lot of times it's like women and you're like, look, you know, you're, you're putting your stance out there, but why do you think like, why, where does the hate come from, from women? So I think some of it comes from like just the feminist side of anytime as a woman, you support a man, you're not supporting feminist views. Mm-hmm. And anytime you say that a man deserves something, then you're taking away from women because there are instances and places where women truly aren't 100% equal. Like, I mean, I don't have the right to go. Like when I was married, I couldn't go in and get my tubes tied without my husband's signature, which means I don't have the right to my own body. Is that, is that a state thing? No, it's not a state thing. Unfortunately, it's not a state thing. It's not a medical thing. It's a doctor thing. Hmm. But 80% of doctors take that stance. So finding one that would go around a husband is slim and nil. Hmm. And, but then on the other side, the husband can go in and get a vasectomy and they don't even care. Like, really? So I, okay. I did not know there, that. There are a few female doctors that will kind of take the stance, that stance because men are taking it against women. But no, like as a man, you could walk in and be married and decide you wanted a vasectomy and never tell your wife. You don't need a signature. Interesting. So I get, I, I get some of that. So when... And the other side is, is I'm very specific to call out either modern toxic or radical feminist, but the true actual first wave feminists are f- offended by being grouped with that and take it as a call towards them. And I always say in my comments, like, look, I'm not talking about feminists at the true nature of what feminism was meant to do. I'm talking about our radical Me Too movement, modern feminists. That uh, want- Yeah and don't want any consequences for it. So I think I get it from that. And I also think that there's just innately a jealousy amongst women. Like there's a girl's club in women. And if you are the girl that is garnering a lot of attention from men, they instantly want to hate you. And it's, it's a jealousy. It's like, I want to hate you because I want that attention. And I'm yeah. not getting, why is my account not growing and yours is? Yeah. It's so like then, a... What a challenge on that. They're competitive. Women, women tend to be pretty competitive with each other that way. So, so it's, yeah, it's the, you just want attention from men is what it comes down to for a lot of them. Like you don't really believe in what you're saying and you have no reason to say it. Mm. Okay. Uh, On a similar vein, I've seen some, and I don't know if you've seen them, but like I've seen on uh, like Instagram and I've seen like in these like YouTube, th- there's, there's people on YouTube that will take our, our TikTok videos and compile them and then make a shitload of money off of our stuff. And, and I'm like, whatever, it's free, free publicity for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I comment under them like, Hey, thanks for the shout out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've seen some and that I've seen guys that will they're basically like MGTOW, incel, you know, black pill guys that call you a chameleon. Are you familiar with that? Or yeah. do you even know about that? Uh, a few of them that I have a few of them that I've blocked on TikTok. Okay. 
because they were stealing my videos. And I was like, okay. And then I went and then I unblocked them and went to their comments and blocked all their friends. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. What, yeah. Like- they can call me that all they want. And I, I, I really don't care. And one of them actually mentioned it in my comments one day. And then after mentioning it in my comments, um, went on and made a video about it. And it was, it was basically like, I'm going to take her down and I'm going to find her weakness and I am going to catch her and I am going to make her be gone. And I'm kind of like, but, but why? Like, yeah, why though? I'm hurting men's rights. What they, but, but I get where they're coming from. They don't like the fact that I talk about healthy relationships because those guys are so on the black pill side that they don't want women in their structure at all. They don't want to, you know, they, they, there's women don't serve any purpose to them whatsoever. It's I can buy it on a Friday night, but that's really all they want from it. So they don't want anybody that supports dating because they don't believe you can support healthy men and advocate for men and support dating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those guys drive me nuts. I very small percentage of society. That's like saying all feminists are modern radical feminists. No, they're not. That's a small percentage. Unfortunately, they're the loudest group and they're the ones that are getting a lot of the men's accounts shut down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it blows my mind. Some of these guys, the, like, and I do a lot of, I do a lot of videos. I don't have a lot of friends in the MGTOW community either because I call them quitters. I'm like, no one likes a quitter. You know, I, I do a lot of videos on that and, uh, I get, oh my God, you know, and it's funny because a lot of these guys, where I talk about like relationships, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that whatever, whatever you want to do, right? Like if you want to just date multiple women and be a permanent plate spinner, I'm here to help you. Cool. I'll show you how to do that. If you want to, you know, spin some plates until you find the right girl, I'll show you how to, I'll show you how to keep her around for a while. You know, yeah. if you, if you want to get married, awesome. You know, I, yeah. I recommend getting a prenup and, you know, doing the best you can to protect yourself financially. Is, it's, there's nothing perfect. Once you sign that paper, Yeah. you know, you're, you're going to take a hit if, if, if that ends, you know, badly, but, uh, but what I will not advocate for are these guys that are like, give up on women completely. I'm just going to go down to my mom's basement, play video games and, you know, no. off for the rest of their life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to advocate for that. But those are the ones that are calling me a chameleon. And, and a lot of them that that's kind of that crew that is yeah. doing like, do you not understand that? you're a very small subset and you may think that every, that men want to give up women altogether, but you do realize that society would end if that would happen. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good grand plan. You got there. Yeah. (laughs) And society, like, how is that? How is that? There's no, there's nothing constructive about it. There's not, you know, it's funny. I'm going to ask ask you about this uh, or, or about books and stuff here in a second, but like there's a, there's a, a book series of, about a, from a guy named Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi wrote a book called the rational male. And a lot of guys read like his first book and then they hate women. Right. And, mm-hmm. but if you read his other books, he goes like, there, he's got a whole series. There's like four books in the series. I haven't read the fourth one yet, but the second and third one are great. And it's like, guys, you have to read these other two to get his full philosophy here. But he calls Mm -hmm. out these guys, you know, and he's like, 
these guys are total quitters. And he's like, you're not going to change the world by trying to move to an Island and, and, and remove yourself. He goes, because the modern feminist movement is moving to all areas of the globe. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're eventually, it's going to impact you somewhere down the yeah. line. You can't just quit. So uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause a lot of you guys get their philosophy from that man, the Rolo Tomasi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys don't know his whole philosophy. And yeah. You read all this stuff. So, so speaking of books, have you, have you read any books on the subject of, uh, of men's rights or. It, the funny thing is, is I am not a book reader. I okay. am a blog reader and I am a, let me, let, let me download the research data. Let me download the statistics from, I mean, I'm a little bit of a project management nerd. And I, at this point in time, have spreadsheets with data going from different states to compare things. And speaking of men's rights, Arkansas just passed guaranteed 50-50 custody unless one parent or the other can can prove on fit that one of the parents is on fit beyond a reasonable doubt. And it is up vote in Ohio. That's outstanding. Arkansas and Ohio. To change... It just happened in that they start at 50 50 guaranteed until one of the other parents files with reasonable cause to remove that, or unless the parents can come to an agreement outside of that, that that's not best for the child because she's going to stay at home and he's going to be working all the time. Outstanding. I love it. Yeah. You know what's, you know what's also uh, great too? I just, uh, at the time, by the time this episode drops, uh, a couple of weeks before that, um, I have on my uh divorce attorney friend, uh, his name's Matt Sandifer. And Mm -hmm. he and I were talking about all this stuff, child custody, you know, uh, alimony and stuff like that. And he's a, he's an attorney in Louisiana. And he says that in Louisiana, they almost never, uh, award, uh, permanent alimony anymore in Mm -hmm. in Louisiana because of equality, you know, (laughs) Yeah. He's like, they can get a, they can get a job now. They, they have a thing there where they have a temporary uh, alimony from when, like, if you file until the time mm-hmm. that everything's finalized, you, you have to pay, uh, they call it maintenance or whatever, but yeah. same thing. Uh, you have that small period where you, you have to pay it, but then after that, it goes into permanent alimony. And the way that I guess Louisiana sees it is, you've been paying it that whole time. You've had enough time to get a job. You don't mm-hmm. need permanent alimony. And I'm like, that's outstanding. So like yeah. some of these States are, are sound like they're starting to come around doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that a stay at home mom should be given. If she's been staying at home with her children, taking care of should be given alimony for a, a, a limited period of time to give her time to get not just a job, but a couple years back in that career, because if she stayed at home for 14 years, she's 14 years behind her earning power. Like she, and that's something that not a sacrifice, but a choice that they made knowing that that was ultimately going to happen. And at the time they made that the decision that he was always going to take care of her. I believe she deserves a few years to get her career back in line, but not five, not five, 10, 15 years, three or four years, get a job, get that first promotion, get adjusted back to that life. And then, and that alimony to me is not keep you in the lifestyle. It's safe because 
you're coming out of this probably without a lot of savings either because you're not making the income to afford a high mortgage. So anything that you may have taken from joint assets, you're probably put down on a house to pay that mortgage down. So that's to me what that's for is to give give that start. It's it's for no other reason and should not be there for any other reason. Right. Maybe I can see that. The uh, California, I, someone said that California, their alimony law is like for life until unless she gets married, remarried. It, otherwise, you you pay for life. That's insanity to me. It's absolute insanity. Yeah. But if you're for more than 10 years, you can file for it. If I were never to get married again in at the age of 65, I can file for half my husband's social security. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Please don't do that. I, I, yeah. And you might want to cut that, that out when you post this. I specifically have never mentioned that on TikTok because I don't want people to be aware of it. But as I have been doing my research and researching through like National Domestic Violence Association, the census and all of that, that is one of those little hidden gems that I came across and was just like, that's wrong in so many ways. And I wanted to make a tick and I was like, nope, that's that. That's yeah. to me giving ammunition to women that are about to retire and didn't know that. Uh, well, you know what? Um, I won't put the, that piece on TikTok, but it's going to be on the long form. Um, yeah. But most women don't listen to the whole podcast. So. <laughs> my, my audience is like 90% men. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do have like 10% women. It's, it, it's funny. They, they do like to hone in on what's going on. Um, we're, we're at an hour now, but we do have some questions. You, do you have a little bit of time? Yeah. Okay. So we didn't get a, a ton of questions, so this shouldn't go too long. Um, Gail says, how do we get someone for men and women to see us for who we are on the inside when so many flock to those who look great on the exterior. I don't think she's going to like my answer, but I'll let you go. Honestly, I don't think there's any way to change the nature of people, which is to flock to the pretty. Now, is there a way if you don't consider yourself in that to make yourself much more attractive? Yes. One confidence rules all like I am not a tiny little girl. I have some weight on me. I have always attracted very attractive men. And I think it solely comes from my confidence in the way I carry myself. Two, active. A lot of women, a lot of women and men that are not necessarily on the pretty side of life are also not as active in life. So they're not out doing social things because they lack confidence. So you may find that you connect with someone as a friend initially. That becomes so much more when you get to know them. Because that friendship can trigger attraction over time. But if you're spending a lot of time at home sitting by yourself and not going to community events, not going out and doing things, not going to meetup groups, not going to hiking groups, not going to anything, you're never going to find it. And if you think you're going to find it on a dating app, if you don't take an excessively pretty headshot, everybody's going for the top 10 prettiest people. I mean, that's just, I, I hate to say it, but that's the nature of dating apps. No, that's, that's how, that's really how it is. Um, I would say that's, that's actually a really good point you bring up, especially for men. Uh, uh, confidence, like you see a lot of like 
guys who are challenged in the looks department with really pretty women. And a lot of that comes down to confidence, but I would, I almost guarantee that they didn't meet on a dating app, you know, because on dating apps, pictures and how you look is like number one and everything else is secondary. And, and I hate to say it, you know, it it may come across as shallow uh, from men's point of view, but men are very visual and they're, when they first see you, they're not looking at your personality. You know what I mean? So what I tell men, cause I mean, my, my channel's almost hundred percent geared towards men is if like, you're having a, a problem, like getting dates and you might think you're confident or whatever, but you're still not, you're still not getting the type of women you want. Then you need to make yourself like, you need to like, like attracts like, you know, like if maybe you should lose some weight, maybe you should work on your appearance a little bit. Maybe you should get better fitting clothes, all that stuff helps, you know, and maybe, yeah, that's shallow. It shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And I have done this with a few of my friends and there's been some tears over it, but I've kind of sat them down and had the conversation of, okay, I'm going to give you this picture of a 10. I'm going to give you this picture of a five and I'm going to give you this picture of a two. Who do you most resemble? Where, where do you fall? And they'll come back at a six. And I'm like, but every guy you're pointing out is a 10. Mm-hmm. You need to go for your sixes. You need to go. Maybe you can level up to an eight because you're a t- Tammy. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think a lot of men really appreciate the message that you're putting out there, you know, and uh, you really shouldn't focus on the negative, you know, naysayers from the feminists or these MGTOW guys that are living in their grandma's basement that have completely given up on women. Uh, you're doing great. I love the message you're putting out there. I think we're, we're eventually going to start seeing some positive change in this world with some of these, these laws that are unfavorable to men. One quick note for the, uh, for the people listening She's a really cool lady, Tammy. Uh, after the interview was over, we sat around chatted on uh, on Zoom for like another hour or so. She's a really cool person. Uh, you should definitely follow her. I'll put a link to her TikTok and Instagram accounts in the show notes. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your favorite podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.